President Donald Trump ran on the slogan, Make America Great Again. But will he succeed? Will anyone succeed? And what about Britain? What happened to the word great that once preceded the name? Will Britain and the British descended peoples be great again? You can know the answers to these questions with absolute certainty, and the answers may surprise you. These are the questions I'll answer on today's Tomorrow's World program, straight from the pages of the Bible. Yes, that ancient source proclaimed in advance what will happen to the British and American peoples and what we can expect in the very near future. I'll also be offering one of our most requested items of literature, the United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. So be sure to have writing material available so you can take down the contact information to receive your free copy. And I'll be back in a minute to answer the question, will America, and for that matter Britain, be great again? Stay tuned. President Donald Trump came into office determined to make America great again. Will he succeed? Now before going further, let me make this point as clear as I know how. Those of us here at Tomorrow's World are non-political. We do not endorse any candidate, any platform, or any party. We do, however, take a stand on biblically defined moral issues and we sigh and cry over the abominations we see in our Western world and the world in general as it spins out of control. Mr. Trump was elected because he tapped into the frustrations of the common man. The idea that the country had degenerated from what it once was resonated with a large portion of the American population. Academia, government, and the mainstream media do not share long-held traditional values of many Americans, values such as traditional marriage and free speech. Many Americans, Brits, Canadians, and Aussies are incensed by the radical changes in their countries. We don't want boys and men walking into our daughters' and wives' restrooms and change rooms. Female athletes don't appreciate men competing in their sports. That's a turnaround from a former time when women wanted to invade boys' and men's domains. The speed with which these changing values is taking place is truly remarkable. We're tired of hearing that to be masculine is to be toxic. We're amazed that university students need comfort bears and other stuffed animals to help them through the day when they don't get their way. Conservative speakers are not welcome on university campuses, even sparking property-destroying riots. And let's call some of these rioters what they are, militant club-wielding thugs, often paid by activists behind the scenes. Illegal immigration is a divisive issue in North America and Europe, changing the very values and religion of nation after nation. Yes, Americans are sickened and frustrated by what they see happening to their country, and they're not alone. So are many Britons, Canadians, Australians, and others. 
Germans are turning to the far-right AFD party over immigration. There are noisy demonstrations in the streets of Budapest. France is in turmoil. Italy is in perpetual financial trouble. And no one knows exactly how Brexit is going to turn out. Frankly, the entire European Union experiment is in trouble. So what will be the outcome of a world descending into chaos? Can America be great again within the context of a world spinning out of control? Can great precede Britain once more? The answers are available for any who truly want to know. We would do well to ask, how did we arrive where we are today? And the simple answer is, it all began with the rejection of God. Charles Darwin provided an explanation, a justification to rid ourselves of a Creator. If we are the result of blind chance, God is no longer needed. Mankind sees itself as liberated from biblical constraints on behavior. And what is the result? The Bible describes a time in which we are now living as being like the days of Noah. Notice Genesis, the sixth chapter. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The Bible also tells us that our world would be like that which once existed in the city of Sodom. A man named Lot lived there, and you can read what happened at that time in Genesis, the 18th and 19th chapters. 2 Timothy 3 described nearly 2,000 years in advance where we would be today. Notice it beginning in verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. This is our world, and I confess it's still shocking to see how rapidly we are casting off all restraint. Is there a relationship between our rejection of God and our deteriorating state? Yes, there is. We'll connect the dots in a minute, but first let me tell you about one of the most remarkable booklets we've ever published. It gives the key to understanding biblical prophecy and explains what you see in today's news. Without this missing key, you cannot comprehend what is taking place. The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy reveals what to expect in the days immediately ahead of us. This publication is a must-read, so pick up the phone and order your free copy of The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. Do it now, and I'll be back in a minute to give you the sobering prediction of where our world is going. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll-free now or write to us at the address on your screen. 
or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Then be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Our rejection of God has serious consequences, and that's why any attempt to make America great again without God will fail. Many voices are beginning to question the stability of the international order that's been in place for the last 70 years. The business section of the Telegraph asks a sobering question, is this the year the world falls apart? The article then goes on to explain. Pax Americana is unraveling. The transatlantic concord underpinning the West since the 1950s is dying. NATO, the G7, the G20, the WTO, and the EU are all in varying degrees of crisis. Vladimir Putin's Russia has an open goal. Every single one of these is trending negatively, and most in a way that hasn't been in evidence since World War II said Eurasia in its annual outlook. After laying out the facts, the article ends by saying, the balance of probabilities is that the world will muddle through 2019 without any of these landmines detonating. Yet the drift of events is clear. The Western liberal order we took for granted at the end of the Cold War is under existential threat. We're setting ourselves up for trouble down the road. Big trouble, said Eurasia. I see a continual stream of articles across my desk from around the world giving similar warnings. While the Bible describes our day as being as the time before the flood, it also shows that people will be overtaken by a time of terrible trouble as they go about business as usual. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. The Bible makes a similar comment regarding Lot and his family living in Sodom. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. If Nero fiddled while Rome burned, our generation tweets while the world crumbles. We're far more interested in Facebook and Snapchat and what our favorite celebrity or sports team is doing than where our world is headed. That's not everyone, but far too many. How many Sunday morning churchgoers have any real understanding of Bible prophecy? Less than you might think. One reason is that they don't possess the key to unlock it. Our publication, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy, gives that key. Now let me explain. 
How many realize that the Jews are not the same as the house of Israel? For example, do you know that the first time the King James Version of the Bible uses the word Jew, they're at war with Israel. Don't just believe me, check it out for yourself in 2 Kings, the 16th chapter, and verses 1 to 6. You read there that Ahaz is the king of Judah, that is the Jews, and he finds himself in a war with the house of Israel. Further, do you understand the significance of what Jesus told His disciples would be their reward upon His return? Do you understand that the Jews are only one of twelve tribes and the significance of this? Read Matthew 19, 28. Here Jesus explained to His disciples, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Jews make up only one of those tribes, the tribe of Benjamin joined with Judah and some Levites, but where are the others? Was Jesus out of touch when He promised this reward to His disciples? How can the promise be kept if the ten-tribe house of Israel is lost, as so many believe? The man Jacob, whose name was later changed to Israel, promised Joseph, one of his twelve sons, that they would become a single great nation and a company or commonwealth of nations. Here it is in Genesis 35. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body." Many professing Christians are familiar with the promise of grace through Jesus Christ, but they know nothing of the secular promises made to Abraham and his children. These birthright promises involved physical blessings of good weather, fertile soil, great military might, and abundant natural resources. Who then was to receive them? We'll answer that question in the next portion of our program, but I want to take a few seconds to remind you that the United States and Great Britain and Prophecy can be yours free for the asking. All you need to do is pick up the phone and ask for it. It's that simple, and there's no cost for this resource or for shipping. Order your copy of the United States and Great Britain and Prophecy today and I'll be right back to show you to whom those birthright blessings were promised. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Most professing Christians understand that the promise of grace through Jesus Christ was prophesied long before Jesus' appearing but they're woefully unaware that other promises were made to other descendants of Abraham. Notice this critical statement showing how the two greatest promises were to be divided between Judah, that is the Jews, and his brother Joseph. Don't just take my word for it. Write down this scripture, look it up, and read it and prove it for yourself. It's 1 Chronicles, the fifth chapter, and in verse 2. Yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. 
The birthright was Joseph's. What does that mean? People know that Jesus would come from the Jews, but what is this birthright? The chart shown on your screen outlines the family of Abraham. Notice that Isaac was the son of Abraham and his son was Jacob. Jacob's name, as noted earlier, was changed to Israel, and Israel had twelve sons. One of those sons was Judah, the father of the Jews. Another son was Joseph, and as we just read in 1 Chronicles 5 and verse 2, the birthright was given to Joseph. Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and the birthright blessing passed to them. Manasseh was destined to become a single great nation at the time of the end, and Ephraim would be a company or commonwealth of nations. Genesis 49 gives a prophecy for each of the twelve sons, but note the time of their fulfillment in verse 1. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. That's the time setting, the last days. Now let's see the description given to the descendants of Joseph beginning in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob by the God of your Father who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your Father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who is separate from his brothers. A parallel description was given by Moses. It's found in Deuteronomy, the 33rd chapter, beginning in verse 13. And of Joseph he said, Blessed of the Lord is his land, with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who is separate from his brothers. His glory is like a firstborn bull, and his horns like the horns of the wild ox. Together with them he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. Yes, Joseph's descendants would have many enemies, but also would possess great military strength, and by the hands of the Almighty they would push their enemies to the ends of the earth. Who was it that did exactly that during the Second World War? And who is blessed with great agricultural and mineral wealth? Those blessings are also described in Leviticus 26, beginning in verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. 
I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. But here's the flip side. Beginning in verse 14, curses would be the result for disobedience. But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgment, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. I will break the pride of your power. I've left out much regarding both blessings and curses, but I think you get the picture. You can read the whole of Leviticus 26 as well as Deuteronomy 28 for more details. Much of the Western world has gone mad. Britain, while still powerful militarily and economically, is not the ruler of the waves it once was. It's questionable whether the United Kingdom of England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales will remain together. Many Canadians openly question the need for the monarchy. The United States is horribly divided and its government dysfunctional. We desire to be great again, but we have rejected our Creator, and He is rejecting us. The United States and Great Britain in prophecy make sense of what is happening to our countries, and it shows what the end result will be. If you want to know where this is heading, call today for your free copy. We do not sell or give your contact information to others, so you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. Call today and I'll be back to show you some good news to come. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll free now or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Then be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. British rule over much of the world lasted more than 300 years. While the British descended peoples of the United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and South Africa remain a significant force in the world, Britain has lost control of many territories and strategic locations around the world. The United States rose to prominence in the 20th century and remains the world's foremost military power. However, it is also the world's largest debtor nation 
and has lost prestige in many capitals around the world. The God of the Bible predicted both the rise and the fall of our nations. We have rejected God, and He is removing His blessings from us. Notice this prophecy for our peoples as found in Hosea the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. When we send our sons and daughters off to university, professors pump them full of ideas that have failed everywhere they've been tried. They rewrite history and ridicule any who believe in God. Truly God is forgetting our children, and their brave new world will be their destruction. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied for both Judah and Israel that God's wrath is coming upon a disobedient and rebellious people. Note this passage in chapter 30, verses 23 and 24. Behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goes forth with fury, a continuing whirlwind. It will fall violently on the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not return until He has done it, and until He has performed the intents of His heart. And note this, in the latter days you will consider it. So is there any good news in all this? Jeremiah prophesied for both Judah, that is the Jews, and the house of Israel, the birthright peoples. And his prophecies were dual. They applied in part to his day, but as shown above, also for the latter days, the time at the end of man's rebellion when God's wrath will come upon all nations. Jeremiah shows that our peoples will be taken as captive slaves. You may find that difficult to believe, but consider the chaos our nations are entering. Civil unrest, perhaps civil war, and possibly a socialist government that will destroy our economic and military power can change the picture very quickly. This is our fate unless we turn and repent. But honestly, I see no evidence that that will happen. We may have ups and downs, but the prophecies are certain. Yet there is good news. Jeremiah 30, verse 3 tells us, For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord. Then continuing in verse 9, But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Jacob shall return, have rest, and be quiet and no one shall make him afraid. For I am with you, says the Lord, to save you. Though I make a full end of all nations where I have scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you. But I will correct you in justice, and will not let you go altogether unpunished. Don't just believe me because I say these things, and don't be so naive as to think these things cannot happen. The United States and Great Britain and prophecy gives the missing key to understanding Bible prophecy. So call now for your free copy. And be sure to come back next week when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, guest presenter Rod McNair, and I will bring you more good news of tomorrow's world and the prophecies of your Bible. Until then, may the peace of God the Father 
and Jesus Christ be with you. To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.